0: Our reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, the third chapter. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Isheria and Trahanidas, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilena, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to join John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Be to God. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Um, greetings on behalf of President Paul Primanall at Augsburg University my co-pastor John Linders and our campus ministry staff. Like uh, Pastor Beth said, I'm Babette Chapman, university pastor at Augsburg. Um, I'm a member of Redeemer Lutheran Church in North Minneapolis. And um, so in order to really help me feel grounded, I'm going to say amen and then you say. Amen. No, no see, what happens is the way you respond determines how I preach. So let's try it again. Ian Ian knows this and TJ knows it too, so let's try it again. Amen. Amen. Oh good. So we finna preach up in here. Amen? Amen. Amen. But before then, let's pray. Dear God, we ask for ears to hear your word, eyes to see your spirit, hearts to fill your life, wisdom to receive your words your spirit, your life. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord God, our strength and redeemer. And together the church says, amen. Amen. So this Luke gospel. And Luke was the physician. And so in Luke three, we have this description of um, what year it was, uh, Emperor Tiberius, Pontius Pilate as governor of Judea, Herod was a ruler, blah, 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 because that's all, that, that's all the, the power people, right? So Luke was intentional about kind of setting the stage, kind of defining the area of where this narrative was playing out. And so John was in close proximity to power. It's important that you have that mindset. And if it wasn't important, Luke would not have put it there because Luke was a surgeon. He was a very surgical pastor. He was very intentional. Everything he did, he was strategic. And I'll have you know that I'm a strong believer that God is the master of strategy. If that wasn't true, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you. So now, here we have John, who's in proximity of power. And the scripture says that the word of God came to him. And we're not really sure, it doesn't really tell us what that word was. It just told us that the word of God came to John, and John was compelled to go out and proclaim repentance of sin and to prepare for the coming of salvation. But when I think about this text and I think about in the year 2020, just so you could, in your holy imagination, put yourself there. In the year 2021, president was Joe Biden, president of the Senate was Kamala Harris, president pro temp was Rick Leary, Majority leader was Chuck Schumer, and just to be fair and give equal calling, Mitch McConnell. Right? The Speaker of the House was Nancy Pelosi. The Governor of Minnesota was Tim Walz. Jeffrey Wolsey was the Mayor of Plymouth, and Jacob Fry, the Mayor of Minnesota, Minneapolis. And then we have Bishop Eaton, and the Mayor of the Minneapolis Area, or the Bishop of the Minneapolis Area Center was Ann Spencerson. And so we could also imagine that while uh, John was in the wilderness, he could hear the voice of the bishop saying, we're gathered of leaders from across Minneapolis area centers to acknowledge that we are located on the ancestral land, homeland of the Dakota people, What? right? because we don't know what that word that came to him for. But if it's a 21st century word, it could very much been saying we need to act, we need to acknowledge the land that we're on, right? It could also be a word in the wilderness that John heard saying, I can't breathe. Mm. It could have also been a word in the wilderness saying, I hear gunshots in the It could have been a word in the wilderness saying, your right to bear arms does not give you the right to use them to commit violence. It could be a word in the wilderness saying that it's time to do the work of the gospel. It could be a word in the wilderness saying repentance is not so much about the sin because Jesus did that work on the cross if the gospel is true. But maybe it's more about repentance turning to God. And if we're turning to God, if we're listening for a voice in the wilderness, a prophetic voice, then maybe what John went out and proclaimed was it's time to change. And so I'm standing here and I'm looking at your pastor and I know that she has been holding you in love She has been proclaiming the good news to you 20 months in a pandemic on her own, without a ministry partner. And so the word comes in wilderness saying, church, how are you loving and caring for your pastor? How are you holding her in light and love? How are you reading and gauging her temperature? Now I need you to know. Pastor didn't know what was gonna come out of these lips because most times I don't, right? (laughs) But I wanna say that if it's one thing I'm guilty of is speaking what I feel as though the spirit lays on my heart. And I know I got a witness because Ian, it happens all the time. But what I, I really want you all to pay attention to is the work all the work that your pastor has to do during this pandemic. And the pandemic is not a single thing. It's not just this virus that won't go away. It's not this, this virus that keep renaming itself to keep creating chaos, right? It's, it's all the ways. It's the pandemic of the economy, right? It's the pandemic of the workforce. Let me tell you something. Can I tell y'all something? Yeah, say preach pastor. Amen. So I have this takeaway from the pandemic. And I believe it could be a word for today. The machine is not true. If I'm be bold, I'm just going to tell you the machine is a lie. You are wondering what is the lie, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. When you believe that you have to work sun up, sun down, that's the machine. When you believe that what you do out there for someone else is more important than what you do for your loved ones, that's the machine. And if it's one thing that this pandemic taught me was that never again will I believe the machine. Because if I believe this machine, then Jesus died in vain. Because Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. And if you are doing anything that is weighing you down, If anything is happening in this congregation that is weighing your pastor down, then you aren't living the abundant life. And so what if that was the word that John heard? And what if that's the word that John went out and proclaimed was, it's a lie? John was in proximity of privilege. You know what privilege is? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, right? When, When... when, when the, the, the one-tenth of a percent income going to the trillions, while we still going to grocery stores trying to find something on the shelf to feed our family. John was in proximity to privilege because he had to get close so that he knew what was impacting the marginalized. And so as we wait and prepare for this season of Advent, Be mindful of who's around you. And I have a secret, church. God is so faithful. If you operate out of the spirit of generosity, God is faithful to meet whatever you do. God is so faithful. I heard pastors say that you're collecting $30 gift cards. Don't you know if you do that, God's going to honor it? Don't you know that you don't have enough You can't be God-given, but it pleases God when you operate out of that spirit of generosity because God operated out of the spirit of generosity. You don't believe me? Jesus. Jesus is the spirit of generosity. So if redemption is turning towards God, and I know we, we... so I have a little bit of Pentecostal in me. And so my Pentecostal family talk about salvation as this making it to the by and by. And I'm, I'm okay with my family thinking that way. But by the grace of God, we all have Lutheran theology around justification by grace. But it's like, for me, salvation, the right now salvation, the kingdom of heaven, salvation that has come, that Jesus proclaimed, it's around healing. Did you hear me, church? Healing is salvation. Anywhere in scripture where Jesus went and he asked them, what did you want? Nine times out of ten, they wanted healing. And before he told anybody that their sins were forgiven, he healed them. So if there's a repentance of sin and if we're preparing our way for salvation, we turn to God so that Jesus and the Spirit can come heal us. And after we get some healing, then we get some wholeness. And then we walk in that wholeness, and we want to take that wholeness in the spirit of hope out into our world, which is what John did. Most people saw John as this kind of scared, well, I don't want to say, you know, John, they, they kind of made it seem like he was just this really rough person. He was half-dressed in leather and sandals. But in, in Luther's Gospel, they don't call him John the Baptist. They call him John, the son of Zephaniah, or Zachariah. Now I'm just gonna tell you, I'm a BIPOC woman, in case you didn't notice, and BIPOC is black indigenous person of color. When I go to scripture and I see that John is a Z- kid, Z- 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 Zachariah's son, I'm like, but he's also Elizabeth's son, right? That's why Jesus' mother, is Mary. For a long time, women weren't elevated. They weren't recognized. So when we talk about John, he is the son of both Zachariah and Elizabeth because women are in the church too. They're in Scripture. I just think sometimes men folk forget to acknowledge us. But while I'm standing in your pulpit, I want to say that John had a mother. But that was my side note. I'll come back. So John was a disruptor. John was in proximity to power. John was a proclaimer. John listened with his heart. And what John heard in his heart, he went out and he proclaimed. So I just stopped by here today, this second Sunday in Advent, to say that while you're waiting and preparing, be mindful of your pastor, be mindful of your neighbors who are on the margins. And Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And there are a lot of things about Jesus I know, but I also know he couldn't lie. And so if Jesus said that we will always have the poor with us. I think it's Christ's mandate for us to be mindful of those on the margins. I think it's in this scripture, that's why they named all of the emperors, the empire, and then they told you that John was in the wilderness. So I just stopped by, tell you that Jesus is coming. But while we're waiting and watching with hope, be mindful, be aware of those on the margins. Those who are crying out to God, I can't breathe. Those who are crying out to God, they're in the hallway, those who are declaring to God that they have rights to shoot guns, and those who have so much money that they could spend it flying up in space. All of that, I think, is out of order for the way that God would have us experience life abundant. But Mount Olivet of Plymouth I have experienced a very gracious and generous congregation in you. And so I pray that as you leave here, be mindful that this is a season to prove that the machine is not true. And that it is God's desire that we participate in the sharing of God's beloved, blessed Generous community. Amen? Amen.